This is the Mind Fitness Method Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping people achieve and maintain healthy habits lifelong. Our focus is on the most important aspect of health and fitness, the mental game. Join me, Dr. Eric Aiken, as I explore topics on motivation, perspective, goal setting, and more. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mind Fitness Method Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Aiken and in this episode I want to talk about a story. I want to tell a story about a colleague when I was in residency. This colleague was a anesthesia resident and as a neurosurgeon I was frequently in contact with a lot of the anesthesia residents. And I'd gotten to know this gentleman. He was nearing his last year of residency. And we saw each other nearly every day because we were always doing cases together. And one particular day, he didn't show up to work, which was highly unusual. I mean, almost no one missed a day of work, really, not very much. And everyone really kind of noticed when someone didn't make it to work. And he was a good resident, very responsible, and he just wasn't there. And he wasn't there the next day. And I begin to wonder... And then I heard the news. He had been in a car accident. He had fallen asleep. He had gone off the side of the road and went into a ditch and struck the ditch almost sort of at a uh, almost head-on type of direction. And uh, it crammed the front of the car backward into his legs. It broke both of his femurs. The upper portion of the car was crushed backward and even though he was wearing a seatbelt, it struck him in the head and cracked his skull driving it into his eye and he had damage to one of his eyes because of it couldn't see very well out of it he broke multiple ribs and uh, he was out of the residency uh, for the next six months recovering from all of those injuries he had a what was what would be a permanent limp uh, after he did recover from it due to injuries to his legs and and so forth so why am I telling you this terrible story well this all happened because he fell asleep at the wheel and this is just an extreme example of the negative consequences of having a poor sleep routine. In residency, our routines are constantly being interrupted. Uh, You don't get a lot of sleep. Uh, In those days, there was no restriction on the number of hours that a resident could be required to work. Now they have what's called the 80-hour work week. It was implemented the year after I completed my residency, unfortunately. And uh, so no resident can legally be required to work more than 80 hours per week. But I remember sometimes working up to 140 hours a week. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but there's only 168 hours in a week. It leaves about two or three hours a night not at work. I didn't say asleep. I said not at work, two or three hours a night. And uh, I remember being so sleepy during days at work during residency that I was literally hallucinating. But there was a study, it was done in 2019, it was called the Phillips Global Sleep Survey, which 
It received more than 11,000 responses from 12 countries, and it showed that 62% of adults worldwide feel they don't get enough sleep, averaging about 6.8 hours per night. Now, there's a reason that this is important, the importance of getting regular sleep. And it, the first time it was noticed how important sleep was, uh, not just for your general health and feeling well-rested, making you effective during your day, but also just for your body's processes. It is dependent on you getting sleep and not just sleep, uh, enough sleep quantity, but the time of day or time, time of night that you go to sleep is critically important. It's important to be asleep at a certain time so that your body can maximize its healing process and its recharging process. And the first uh, scientists really to, to really look at this goes back 5,000 years uh, in India. And it, it's a form of medicine called, and I hope I'm pronouncing this properly, Ayurvedic medicine, Ayurvedic medicine. It's a natural healing tradition that originated in India about 5,000 years ago and is, still has influence today. And it, in its teachings, it says that the body has functions on, a, on daily cycles or routines, that the various functions of the body are sort of distributed and timed at different parts of the day. And depending on what time of day, a particular system may be active or it may be dormant. And so there's a certain time to eat, there's a time to sleep, there's a time to be active and exercise and a time to do your thinking. And all of these different things are based on, you know, the time of day. And this is, it, this has been sort of, it's had an influence on today's medicine. You roll forward to 1940 and a Romanian doctor named Hans Halberg was doing experiments with mice. He, he was finishing uh, his studies at Harvard and then later at the University of Minnesota. And he was drawing blood from mice, different species of mice. And he would draw blood at various times throughout the day. And then he would examine the blood. And what he noticed, no matter which species of mouse that he looked at, they all had a sharp rise in the white blood cell count during the day. And then it would fall during the night. And he began to look at other functions in the mice and their hormone levels and their blood pressure and their heart rate and their body temperature. And again, he noticed very similar and consistent spikes, rises and falls in these bodily functions, depending on what time of day you looked. In 1959, he would later coin the term circadian rhythm. So essential to maximizing our, our health, but also to make it easy as possible to achieve consistency in our healthy habits with exercise and controlled eating is a consistent sleep routine. Relatively, a relatively new but significant cause of people not getting enough sleep is a phenomenon called revenge sleep procrastination. This term 
came it was uh, came out of China, calling it. It used to be just called it used to be just called let's see, uh, sleep procrastination, but uh, many Chinese workers would call it revenge sleep procrastination because they were being so worked, so heavily worked, that uh, they would stay up late in order to get some me time. So there are three factors that are required for a late sleep time to be considered bedtime procrastination. There is, so those three criteria are a delay in going to sleep that reduces one's total sleep time. The second is the absence of a valid reason for staying up later than intended, such as an external event or an underlying illness. And number three, an awareness that delaying one's bedtime could lead to negative consequences. Now, there's, there's different flavors of sleep procrastination as well. There's bedtime procrastination. That means you don't get in the bed until late. And then there's sleep procrastination where even though you may be in the bed, you don't go to sleep. You sort of procrastinate in going to sleep. Maybe you're talking to your spouse and you just are, you know, you know, talking stories with them and uh, ruminating or, or, or whatever it is that you do, but you're maybe the lights are out and everything's off, but you're just sitting there and you're, you're sort of working your mind on things intentionally because you just want that time awake, but also free to do as you please and enjoy that sort of me time. Either way, there's a, a growing body of evidence that points to an importance of time away from work and work pressures that so that you don't develop this. There's sort of two schools of, of thought about what are the biggest causes of revenge sleep procrastination. One is that it's a lack of self-control due to being overworked, too many hours at work. And, you know, if you understand how willpower works, it's sort of like a muscle. And if you exert it a lot, it weakens. And then also by at the end of the day, your willpower tends to be the weakest. And so when you should be sort of disciplined about going on to sleep or getting into bed, doing your sleep hygiene routine, uh, that's when your willpower is the lowest. And so you just kind of don't do it. And you just sit up and you watch Netflix or you watch or, or you you know, chit chat with your friend on the phone or your spouse in the bed uh, or do anything but go to sleep on time because you just want that time awake but not being committed to, to something that you have to do. The other potential cause is what they call a chronotype. And um, this is also another field of medicine, uh, sort of chronobiology. And looking at how certain people are wired a little different. Some people are early birds and some people are night owls. And I think it was said that um, uh, Bill Gates, I think, said he did his best work at three in the morning. You know, he was just wired to do intensive thinking and work in the middle of the night. But it, some people argue, though, that actually... Uh, they argue against the chronotype thing and that it's really a matter of your uh, tendencies. So, you know, you, you may be a person who tends to procrastinate on things in general. And so sleep would obviously be on the list of things. And uh, if you just sort of start 
increasing your discipline about that, uh, then you will likely increase your discipline about going to bed on time as well. Either way, the consequences are the same, whether it's due to lack of self-control or whether it's due to having a innate chronotype that just you know dictates that you would be more uh, active later in the night versus early in the day. The effects are the same. And number one, it can degrade, degrade your thinking and your memory. When you don't get enough sleep, you're just not sharp on your toes when you're trying to think or trying to memorize things. It can also increase de- depression and anxiety and irritability. And finally, and this is one that many people don't know, chronic sleep dep- deprivation can lead to high blood pressure and even diabetes or in, in any episode, whether it's been chronic or it's acute, it's maybe the only time, anytime you lose sleep, it can generate a insulin resistant state so that uh, your blood sugar is just a bit higher than normal, which is obviously not good for your body's organs. It's sort of an artificially induced diabetes, even though it may be temporary. But you do it chronically, chronic sleep loss can lead to diabetes and hypertension, heart problems. So obviously, if you want to have a regular routine of exercise and controlled eating and you want to lose the weight and develop this, these habits to say, stay consistent in consistently good shape, then getting a good sleep routine and fighting off a problem of sleep, revenge, sleep, procrastination would be critical to doing this. In, in this day and age, now that we're seeing more and more people working from home, you know, ever since the pandemic began, you're seeing now the work uh, place is beginning to cross over into the home. And people are realizing, oh, well, you know, I can do this at home, so I can just do it at any time. And so they're starting to try to do things late at night. Uh, before bedtime and it ends up getting more involved than they realized and next thing you know it's two in the morning and then you go to bed and you have to get up in the morning and actually attend your real job where you uh, have to be at a different location than your home at a set time and you've cut a big chunk out of your sleep time and so you do this enough you definitely increase the chances you're going to miss workouts you're going to increase that insulin resistance, which makes losing weight very difficult because your insulin levels have to rise. And insulin is the fat making hormone. The higher your insulin, the higher that you, the the faster you make fat. So the solution then for sleep procrastination, number one, there are five things that you can do. Number one, is to find time for yourself throughout the day. And a great way to find time for yourself is if you can establish this habit of regular exercise. You know, we call it sharpening the ax. When you go and you take that time for yourself and you don't feel guilty about doing that, uh, that which, is, which is number two, not feeling guilty about having self-care or going to exercise. And when, so when you dedicate a time during your day that's for you, like going to the gym or working out at your home or running in your neighborhood, and you don't feel guilty for it, which is number two, because it is critically important. If you don't get this time for yourself, realize the consequences of you cutting into your sleep 
uh, to get a real revenge time for yourself uh, are dire and uh, they will make you less effective. You'll have a lot more uh, anxiety and depression. And then thirdly, you can take small breaks throughout the day. And what I do is I have a little game on my phone that I like to play. And it's sort of this tower, uh, it's called Spire Blast. Um, I don't have a financial connection. I'm not marketing this thing. But the game is awesome because you're just throwing these balls at these towers and and knocking them down. And it's just a little thing that I do two or three times during my day, during clinic or between cases at work. Uh, when I'm between surgeries, I'll play the little Spire game and just have a little mental break of just not thinking about anything. Number four is you can maintain a consistent sleep schedule. Here, by that, I'm, it's basically saying to, to get out of this, you in the beginning have to just suck it up a little bit. Just force yourself, set a reminder on your phone. They actually have reminders now that you can record your own voice as the reminder. And have that reminder that you record for yourself to say, you need to go to sleep now. You know, it's time for you to go to sleep because, you know, don't revenge, procrastinate your sleep right now. And suck it up in the beginning. And as you force yourself to it in the beginning, uh, it will eventually get easier. And then finally, rule out an underlying issue like insomnia, which may need to be treated medically, potentially. Um, but it, that's always an important thing when you notice that your sleep cycles are, are messed up is rule out an issue, a, a medical condition that may be affecting your ability to get to sleep. Watch the caffeine and the other obvious things. So use good sleep hygiene. That's going to be a sixth rule that I didn't originally have. I'm just going to add that now. But read up about sleep hygiene and the factors associated with that. You can't work out too late in the day. It's, you, you've got to have a quiet room. It needs to be cool enough. If it's too warm, you can't sleep well. All of those good things that go with sleep hygiene will help facilitate you getting out of the revenge sleep procrastination uh, routine. Uh, it, we all want free time and we all have to work hard, but you have to learn to take advantage of, this, of little times during the day for yourself. One being for your, your self-care, your exercise. And number two would be little moments where you either play a video game or do something that is just sort of mindless but enjoyable for you. Uh, maybe you watch a little bit of a, uh, a movie on Netflix at work on your lunch break and, and during little small breaks that you can get through the day. I hope you found this helpful. And remember, it is your brain that maintains the change.